Good morning, chapel. Welcome to church. I'm so glad you're here. I always love, before I get into the message, to welcome all of our campuses and locations. So a huge welcome to the chapel in Midlothian and a huge welcome to the chapel in Richmond, Virginia, Scott's Edition. We love what God's doing in our church. And as always, a huge welcome to the men and women in Chesterfield County Jail and Virginia Department of Corrections. It's our joy to bring all of who we are as a church into the, the correctional facility. So thank you for being with us today. Well, a couple times a year, we pause and we give you some vision. In fact, we started a new tradition last year on Labor Day to just recap some of the incredible things God's done in the last season of our church and then look ahead to the vision he has for us. So what I wanna do today is I wanna share with you some vision about what's coming in our church, about what God has for us as a church family. And I also wanna make it personal. I wanna talk about how we can have vision for our own lives. How do you have vision as a dad or a mom or a son or a daughter? How do you live with vision and a perspective of the future? So today's gonna be a great day to celebrate that. In fact, the Bible talks about how important vision is. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Or another translation says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Meaning when we don't have a vision of where we're going, we get confused, we get distracted, we get uncertain of what's next for us. But I believe God wants us to live our life filled with vision. The writer of Proverbs reminds us how crucial it is to cast vision and to live with vision and to have a sense of our future. There's nothing more depressing than being around somebody who doesn't have a vision. Who, being around somebody who doesn't have a passion for what's next. And I'm so excited. We, we have so many incredible things happening as a church. I want to just give a whole weekend message to thanking God for what he's done and casting some vision of what God has next for our church and what God has next for your life and as we walk in it. I want to ask you to pray for next weekend. Next weekend, we're beginning a brand new series in the book of Daniel. We're gonna talk about how do you stand for God in a crazy world that's changing. I think it's the perfect series to invite someone to be with you as we'll be launching a verse-by-verse -verse study of the book of Daniel. We'll look at how Daniel and his young Hebrew friends stood for God in a world that was confused and a world that was mixed up and turned around. I'll be back in person and we can't wait to be together for a study of the book of Daniel and be thinking of who you can invite to be a part of that. Man, I also want to just pause and give you a huge thank you because it has been incredible the last couple months as a church. God's worked in so many strategic ways, so many remarkable ways. One of the highlights that's just on my heart, bursting with excitement as we're getting right back into school, is what God did in our students' and young adults' lives, the way he impacted their lives and made a difference. We started something just two years ago called Motion Conference. It was a, it was a dream on our heart as a church to create a three-day experience where students would be able to get in worship and get connected in small groups and hear messages straight from the Bible that would impact their lives. And this year, Motion Conference exceeded our expectations. What God did in my own kids' lives, I know what God did in your kids' lives. And I just wanted to pause and celebrate a generation that's rising up to take their place in all God has for them.
man, there was nothing like motion. It was incredible. One of the verses that we have built our ministry to students around is Psalm 92, 13 to 15. It says, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. That's one of our main verses for students and kids. You see, our desire isn't to just create a youth group or a kids hangout, but to rather see the next generation planted in the house of God. We believe God's word says that means that when they get older, they, they won't wander, they won't stray, they'll stay connected in the local church and all God has for them. Thank you for just being a part of a church that raises up the generations. And I wanna say to every student in our church, we are proud of you. We believe that you're not just the church of tomorrow, you're the church of today, and we're proud of the way you're taking your place in God's kingdom, in our church, to, to see all the things God has done. Man, Motion Conference was incredible. It was also amazing to see what happened in our kids' lives. We had three VBSs this year, uh, morning VBSs in VBS in, in Scott's Edition and Midlothian, and another VBS on uh, evenings in Midlothian. And it was incredible to see hundreds of kids learning the story of Jesus, learning scripture verses, memorizing songs that exalt Jesus, giving to missions. And I just wanna to say to hundreds of leaders that some took vacation days of work to serve, some just were faithfully, we had incredible students involved. What an incredible ministry we had in the lives of students. I love to be a part of a church that prioritizes the next generation. In fact, I wanna to say to all of you who are invested and committed as parents and grandparents, thank you for entrusting the lives of those you love to our church. We love to come alongside of you. We love to preach the good news of Jesus. We love to see what God's doing in kids' lives and students' lives. We also did something a little bit different this summer, and that is we emphasize serve day in a whole nother way. We, you see, we are committed as a church to not just being a church that gathers in buildings to worship God on the weekends. We're committed as a church to being a church that makes our city better. We think that if we're here doing Jesus business, that what the heart of heaven is should be down to earth, you know, and in Richmond as it is in heaven. And so we gave a day where hundreds of small groups and hundreds of people came out and served. We called it Serve Day. It was amazing to just rally people around projects. It was incredible to see people uh, hand out freeze pops in the city or, or bottles of water or feed the homeless in, in uh, strategic parts of our city to clean up back alleys, to partner with the Scots Edition Association and local businesses to beautify our city, to have a drive-in prayer experience where people just driving by could have people pray for them. We made hundreds of bags of, uh, of just resources, toiletries for um, coffee wood correctional facility and gave them to them. I mean, the way you made a difference on Serve Day. I'm so proud to be a part of a church that not only gathers on the weekend to serve Jesus, but is invested in the city, in the community, in this county, making a difference. Serve Day was incredible. 
So thank you to those of you that were part of that. I can hardly believe all the things God did over the last couple months. I wanted to share with you a little bit of our vision as a church. Maybe you're new to the chapel or maybe you've been around for a while. I want to remind you why we exist as a church. We're centered around three things that we believe in with all our heart. Here's the first one as a church. We exist to help people come to know God. That means the reason we exist as a church isn't just to be some spiritual country club or a place that you can find just social connections. We exist as a church to help people have a personal relationship with God. In fact, in the Bible, in 1 Timothy, it says some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. You see, that's why we exist as a church. Maybe you're new to the chapel. We exist as a church to help people just come to know God. For us, it's not just about religion. For us, it's not just about weekend services or some small groups or or feeding the needy. For us, it's about ultimately everything we do, just helping people connect to God. You see, we believe the whole story of the Bible is of a God who wanted a relationship with people. In fact, from the very beginning when Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3 messed up, the Bible says God went searching for people. You know, that's God's heart. He goes searching for people. He goes searching for people because he wants a relationship with us. The whole story of the Bible is sort of God's search for us. He loved us so much that he didn't leave our relationship broken in sin. He sent his own son, Jesus Christ. God took the first step in relationship towards us. Jesus became a human and he lived 33 years of sinless life. He died upon a cross and rose from the dead that we could have a personal relationship with him. I hope everybody in all of our services, in all of our locations, has a personal relationship with God. And I hope you're proud to be a part of a church that exists to do something so simple but so life-transforming to just help people come to know God. We're doing this in all kinds of ways. In fact, God's doing incredible things at our campus in Richmond in Scott's edition. In fact, the 930 service is filling. And one of the things as we're moving into the fall that you can help us do in Scott's edition is consider moving to the 1115 service. What an exciting problem to have that over the last year we went from one morning worship service to two and now that 930 can sometimes get a little bit cramped and we're setting up chairs in the back. And so so a few of us may take the trip to 1115 just to make space for the new people that God's calling into the life of our church. Not only that, in the last year, I can't believe this, that we started services in Spanish. We call it Chapel in Espanol. And that's a service that happens every weekend. In fact, last weekend we had our largest attendance ever at the Chaplain Espanol. 154 people gathered to worship God, not in English, but in Spanish. So if you know someone who's looking for a a, a Spanish-speaking service that's Jesus-centered and passionate in worship, 1115, every Sunday there's live worship, live teaching from God's Word, Chaplain Espanol, and how we love Pastor Ismail and Sandra, the team there, how we believe in them. And I can't believe it. In just four weeks, on October 1st, we're opening what will be our fourth physical location and that will be in Mosley, Virginia, the chapel at Mosley in Mosley Elementary. That means that we will transform this beautiful one-year-old elementary school into a house of worship each weekend. 
And it's been so fun over the last few weeks to meet with a launch team of people that are getting ready to unload trailers and set up nurseries and get, get projectors going and put chairs out so that we can start a brand new location. In this growing part of our county where housing is going up all the time, we're gonna start a weekend worship service. So mark your calendars, Sunday, October 1st, 9.30 a.m. will be our grand opening of the chapel in Mosley, Virginia. And man, I just wanted to pause today and say a huge thank you to those of you that serve and give and are committed to this church because of what you're doing. God's using that to change people's lives. That's why we exist as a church to help people come to know God. I'll never forget a few years ago, my son Jordan left for the bus stop and my wife called me a few minutes later and she said, Jordan's not at the bus stop, is he home? And I looked at home, he wasn't there and he wasn't at the bus stop. And all of a sudden, probably every parent has a story like this. For a minute, we didn't know where our son was. We didn't see him at the bus stop. We didn't see him at home. And for 20 minutes, we could not find where Jordan was. He's our most studious uh, student, so he would never skip school. We had no idea what was going on. Finally, it turns out they contacted a bus driver. He had slipped on the bus without my wife or neighbor noticing. He was safe, but I'm telling you what, for about 20 minutes, he was missing. And in those 20 minutes, any parent can identify with this. Nothing else mattered. It didn't matter that we had three other kids. I never thought, you know, three out of four ain't bad. It didn't matter what we were having for dinner that night. It didn't matter. Nothing mattered because my son was missing. And you know, that's the heart of God. That's why we exist as a church to help people come to know God. It's because people are far away from God. And we exist as a church, not just for religious people. We always dreamed of being a part of a church where people could connect with God to find the, the life-changing truth of the gospel to transform their life. And it is incredible to see all the ways that we're doing that. We exist to help people come to know God. Number two, we exist as a church to help people find freedom. We, we say this happens in personal relationship with God, but change in our life oftentimes happens in community with other people. James chapter five and verse 16 says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. You see, you can find forgiveness in God, but you oftentimes find healing for your brokenness in community with other people. That's why you hear us constantly talking about chapel groups. In fact, if you haven't been online lately, I want you to go to chapelgroups.com chapelgroups.com, you'll find all kinds of different groups, Bible studies groups, couple groups, men's, women's, pickleball. I mean, you can find, a, there's a karaoke group, everybody. And all we're trying to do is get people connected in community because God does change in our life. Yes, we're saved in a personal relationship with him, but oftentimes the hurts in our life and the brokenness in our life and the challenges in our life are healed in community. In fact, today we have our last uh, group leader training right after the 1115 service. If you're interested in launching a group, you can come, we'll train you, we'll equip you. You're, you're not committing to starting a group by coming. We just wanna invest in you and train you and pray with you about a group that maybe God's put on your heart. And you'll notice as you go to the directory this week and next that you'll find a couple hundred options of groups for you to get connected to. 
I'm telling you, it's more than coming in and out on a Sunday. It's finding your people, finding your place, finding a community of faith. And we have a couple hundred groups that are passionate about helping you not live your life alone or isolated, but helping you live your life in community. James says, yeah, you'll be forgiven by God, but God oftentimes heals us in community and relationships. I'm telling you, we got everything from like Bible study groups to mountain biking to pickleball, come on, to, to study the Greek language and learn the Bible in the original. I mean, we got anything you can think of almost happening. So I want to encourage you this weekend, if you aren't part of a group, would you sign up? Chapelgroups.com. We exist as a church to help people come to know God. We exist as a church to help people come to find freedom. And the third thing, it's kind of the three bars in our E, is we want everyone to make a difference. You see, I think people want to do more than make a dollar. They want to do more than just live life and go through the, the, the monotony of life. I think we were born to live on purpose for a purpose and to make a difference. In fact, Mark Twain said there are two great days in everybody's life. The day that we were born and the day that we discover why we're born. And that's one of the passions in our church. In fact, we call it growth track. Today's step one. It's where we not only share the vision of our church, but we remind you that God made you just the way he made you. That he makes no mistakes. He wired you just the way he wired you. And that he wants to do something great through you. And that together we were designed to want to make this world different. To want to make a difference. In fact, in Psalm 139, David says to God, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I'm here to remind you today that God knows exactly why he made you. That God created you on purpose to make a difference. And yes, we want to be a church that knows God. And yes, we want to be a church that finds freedom. But we also want to be a church that doesn't just live for ourselves. We want to learn to live for God and to serve others. That Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. That we want to be the kind of people who change our world. And that's what we dream about as a church. Not just being a church that gathers in the building, but to be a church using our gifts, our passions, the skills God's wired us for to really make a difference. Every month it's so exciting because we see people jumping on what we call chapel teams. That means to make this thing called church go, we have small group leaders and, and, and student leaders and kids workers and hospitality and people that show up and make coffee and people that wave wands and help us get parked in the right spot and people that create a welcoming atmosphere and people that lead small groups and people that do outreach. I mean, probably have 30 teams that you can sign up for. And it's a way for you to just find your place. It's a way for you to make a difference. Jesus put it this way, this is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. I have told you this, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. So Jesus tried to live for the glory of God and God has called us to try to live for the glory of God, to make a difference. In fact, this fall, the expanding locations and expanded opportunities, we're in need of more people to jump on teams than we've ever been in need of before. We're sending some of our best people to launch a brand new campus and to do new services in Scott's Edition, and we need your help. Would you pray about jumping on a team? 
If you haven't been a part of Growth Track, it's the first and second Sunday of every month. Step one is just teaching you the vision of our church, a little bit about our story, chance to hear how we got to where we are. And step two is about you, how God's wired you, how he's equipped you, and how you might jump into a team. Would you pray and consider making a difference with us, jumping on board and being a part of all God's doing in the life of our church? Man, I wanna give you one other uh, update as a church. We began a journey a year ago called Next, and that journey was to make more space at our Midlothian campus for people. You see, we had people sitting in the lobby and overflow, and we've dealt with that for a while. And so we knocked down some trees and we expanded some parking lots and you see new curb and gutter out there. And we've walked through the rigorous process of permitting and designing steel and the back and forth between architects and county approval and all of that. And I am so excited to announce to you Sunday, October 15th at 4.30 p.m. Come on, somebody. Groundbreaking for our new building at the chapel on Old 100 Road. I know a lot of people are new to the church, so you may not know what's happening, but we're expanding that location to make more space. So we have more space for VBS and women's conference, men's night, and, and, and uh, all that we do at Motion Conference, VBS, all of it, we're making more space. In fact, I wanna just show you a quick peek at what that will be like. Man, I can hardly wait. So mark your calendar, Sunday, October 15th, 4.30. We're gonna gather together, pray over the land, pray over the property, and we'll prepare to break ground. And then you'll see some walls being knocked out, some new bathrooms being installed in our current lobby. You'll see the pad starting to be laid out for the foundation for the new building. Steel is on its way from American Steel, and you will see this process start to look forward. I just wanted to pause though and say a huge thank you. For the last year, the people of the chapel have given so sacrificially, so generously, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. It's allowed us to take these steps of faith forward. And I'm gonna ask you to continue as we carry out the completion of this project in your generosity so that our goal is not to be strapped with a lot of debt. Our dream is to build it cash free or with very little, or cash for cash with very little debt. But would you pray, would you consider if you haven't been a part of that, what you could do? But I want to say thank you, hundreds of family units just generously giving so that we can accomplish the mission that God's given us to do as a church family. So I can't wait for that groundbreaking. You know, as we move into the fall, one of the verses that God's been putting on my heart is how in need we are to continue to live on mission. In fact, in the book of Nehemiah, it tells the story. This is a verse we used a couple months ago of the city of God that the walls were broken down. And the walls in the ancient world were a symbol of their values, what they believed in and security. They crumbled, they were broken. In fact, much like the world around us. It can look bro broken. All the value systems, all the traditions, a lot of things that were healthy underpinning in our culture seems like it's rubble and broken. And yet Nehemiah was this man who had a vision from God. He saw the brokenness of the world around him. But rather than moan, rather than complain, rather than just say, oh, the world's going to, you know, it's broken down, he rose up and he rebuilt. And God has kind of given the spirit of Nehemiah to our church to be a church in this hour, I really believe it, that impacts this region by rising up, taking our place. 
In fact, Nehemiah says these words in Nehemiah 4.14. After I looked things over, I stood up and said, the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Look at those words, fight for your families. I feel like this is a generation for us this is a season for us. This is a unique time in our city's history, our country's history, our community. For us as a church, not to just pull back or shrink back or play it, play it safe. I think the whole world, there's so many challenges going. And what if the spirit of Nehemiah is in our hearts? What if God's calling that to rise up in us and we're realizing it's time to rise and fight for our families? to fight for the next generation, to fight for the students to come, to fight for our families, for men, for women. We've got an incredible women's night coming in November, expanding our men's ministries with new groups, freedom groups launching, midweek motion, which has improved and, and expanded uh, student and teenager small groups. Our goal is to not just complain about the world, to not just moan about the world, to not just throw stones at the world, but to rise up in the middle of this generation and to fight for our families. That's what we're a part of as a church. And our fight involves us saying, God, we exist to help people come to know you and to find freedom on the inside of their life and then to live their life making a difference. In fact, as we get ready to close our service today and we're gonna move into a time of worship, I was thinking about God's heart for our world. When I was praying about this fall, like what does God see when he sees our city? If God had vision for our city, what does he see? And, and I thought of all the brokenness in our world. You see, people can live in houses and have jobs and from the outside, it looks like things are okay, but I'm meeting more and more people with anxiety and depression, brokenness, suicidal thoughts, relational erosion, marriages struggling, kids stressed out. What do I think God's heart is? I'm picturing Jesus. There's a verse of scripture that says, as he's traveling through Jerusalem, he looked out and he saw crowds of people, the Bible says. He saw these groups of people. And when he saw the crowds, the Bible says he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. If you ask me, pastor, what do you think God's heart is to the world around us? I think he's looking out at the world around us the crowds of people, and I think he has compassion because he sees the brokenness of the world around them like sheep without a shepherd. The book of Luke says Jesus wept when he saw the needs of people. I'm telling you, that's my heart for our city. Chapel, I want that to be our heart for this city, that we would not just see crowds of people, we would see people that are like sheep that don't have a shepherd, and that we would be the kind of church that lives on mission that prays and gives and goes and serves like never before so that this world that's scattered and confused could come to know their shepherd. That's my prayer. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the amazing people of the chapel. Thank you for their heart for you. Thank you for all the wins over the last six months, God, for all the lives that have been changed, for all the baptisms, for all the people that have known you, all that you did through this last season, God, to you be the glory, great things you've done. But God, we stand at this unique moment. And God, I pray that you would go ahead of us.
God, I pray as we move into this fall, we expand services, launch locations. God, all the things you've put on our heart, we can't do it without you. So we need the power of your Holy Spirit. God, we have the Nehemiah generation on us. We're going to rise up. We're going to fight for our families. We're going we're gonna to exist as a church to help more people know you and, and have their lives changed and live for a purpose. So God, would you help us? And with our heads still bowed and our eyes still closed, maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm not even sure I have a relationship with God. Maybe you've wandered far away from it. I would love before we sing a song to just pray for you. Right where you're seated, the story of the Bible. Sometimes people will say, how do I change my life? How can I be saved? The story of the Bible is that God gave his son, Jesus, he gave his life for us so that all we have to do is give our life to him and he can change it completely. So I wanna lead you in a prayer. If that's you today, you'd simply say, Lord Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I've come up short. I believe that you died on a cross and rose from the dead for my forgiveness and salvation. So come into my life, save me, change me. I give you all of my sin, all of my brokenness, all of my shame. Would you give me all of your forgiveness and all of your righteousness? And by your grace, I will serve you from this moment on all the days of my life. For I prayed in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen.